The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, March 19, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, coming up on today's show, it's the great and powerful Buzz Burbank from Buzz Burbank News and Comment, the only guy I know who can type the words Deutsche Bank without actually thinking about it. It's kind of amazing. I was swarmed yesterday by gunsplainers. There are gunsplainers everywhere explaining to me about guns, which I already know about, but they were (laughs) assuming that I didn't know anything. And we'll talk about why that happened uh, here in just a second. Elizabeth Warren supports a bold new series of laws regarding the Electoral College. This is all great news. We're going to talk about that here in just a second, too. And Trump borrowed billions Billions and billions of dollars from Deutsche Bank, thanks to fraud uh, on his part and incompetence on the part of Deutsche Bank. We'll talk about that, too. And we've got music by Cougar the Tiger and Gin, Chocolate, and Bottle Rockets. That's the name of the band. Gin, Chocolate, and Bottle Rockets. All coming up here on the show. All right, let's talk about Patreon. Everyone's raving about my interview with the great Donna Halper, the former Cleveland rock DJ who discovered my favorite rock band, Rush, and introduced uh, Rush to America. Thank you, Donna, for that. She's also a politics and media professor up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, so she knows things. Yep, everyone's falling in love with Donna, and you should too. Make sure to bookmark our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. If you dig what you hear, please help support this completely independent podcast for $1, $5, $10, or $15 a month. And depending on your subscription amount, we'll give you hours of free weekly content, including our post-mortem show recorded after the end credits roll on our Tuesday and Thursday shows along with our Friday After Party podcast and the 90-minute Ultimate Edition of this show without commercials. We're also posting all kinds of free content on our Patreon page, including our Wednesday interview show with people like Donna Halper, Malcolm Nance, John Fugelsang, Frank Conniff, Jillian Barbary, Stephen Weber, and the Frangelo Duo. That's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Casting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Next on, the Californians. I'm glad you came over, Devin. Why, too? Maybe you should get going before Stuart gets home. All right, I'll say you're going to take Candy Driver to San Vicente. And then make a left and go 4 or 5 north. And from there, just get off them all hauling. Totally like that. Hey, honey. I brought us some tangerines. This guy was selling them on the off-ramp over by the two. Devin? What are you doing here? Stuart. Why are you him so early? I skipped Wilshire and took Beverly over to Santa Monica and took that all the way up. I think you should go home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. I should go home. Get back on San Vicente, take it to the 10, then switch over to the 405 North and let it dump you out into Mulholland where you belong. We could not talk or talk forever 
and still find things to not talk about. The Bob Seska Show. Uh, hey, Buzz, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> it is the Trump crisis day 789, 595 days until the 2020 presidential election. And I was just uh, trolling one of our former Patreon subscribers because uh, apparently we were talking about that on the after party, Buzz. We were talking about the, uh, uh, the Californians, the uh, SNL yes. sketch. I heard about this, yes. Yeah, and uh, someone canceled because they thought we were like literally criticizing the way Californians deliver directions, driving directions. People are very sensitive. I have for years uh, referred to Florida, where I live now, as the home office because that's where so many of my kickers came from. Yes. It was the home office for all the kickers uh, that I would end my news. Not all of them, but, <laughs> right. but most of them. Yeah. And I would I would use phrases like "thank you, Florida," mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and and I really sort of spotlighted the, some of the funny things that happen here. Uh-uh, and yeah. uh, it, I actually lost some listeners over that as well. Like <laughs> a group, like I don't know, like a half a dozen people. Oh Jesus, that's, that's so you're, weird. You're too, too mean to Florida. Yeah. We're out of here. Yeah. And what they didn't know is that I was about to move to Florida. Uh, I do feel a little badly about it because I, I love it here despite its quirks, but I think what people don't understand, and exactly the way uh, they used to make fun of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, California used to be the weird, the, the left coast, the weird part of the United States. That's yeah. where the, the strange kicker stories came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida then got uh, the... Uh, most open records law in the country. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are writers, uh, writers come out of this uh, state like Dave Barry and Carl Hyacin, mm-hmm. who who started out as newspaper guys, and they had access to these bizarre stories that, that, that they would find. <laughs> uh, these things occur in every state in the union. Sure but Florida has it open, uh, ha- has this open records law, this sunshine law that, that allows free access to all this information. So now aspiring writers who mm. want to be like Dave Barry or Carl Hyacin uh, dig up these stories and exploit them and feed them to the wire services <laughs> and, and, and try to make a name for themselves yeah. with those stories. And, and that's really a lot of how Florida got the silly reputation that it has. So what you're saying is there's nothing unusual about Florida except for the fact that we hear about all the unusual things, unlike some other states. Is that what you're saying? That's that's the, the most of it. Yeah, yeah. no, and, and I do. I, I have because I see all this stuff and I see it. It really comes from everywhere. Uh, but a, a little more from Florida. Uh, and and there are a lot of reasons. There are uh, demographic reasons for that. There are a lot of reasons for that. But the the biggest reason of all is the open records law. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And, I didn't know that. And of course, yeah, that's most people that, don't. That's given us a wide variety of amazing mugshots. I I, I thank Florida <laughs> yes. for that. I mean, in fact, you know, that's thank actually you, something yes. admirable that they would yeah, be uh, that open myself. like that with all their weirdos. Here's here yeah. world. Here's all of our weirdos. Take a look and laugh. Laugh your yeah. asses off. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to be able to to laugh at yourselves, right? Right. Right. So, well, it's good. And and you spent all weekend uh, raking leaves. I mean, whoever said yeah, that uh, raking leaves was part of living in Florida? What the hell this, is that all about? This was not in the travel brochure. I <laughs> when I was standing in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, a suburb of the nation's capital. Yes, indeed. Uh, I was shoveling. I'd already shoveled about six inches of snow off my driveway, 
and uh, snowflakes the size of dinner plates were still coming down. <laughs> I and, know that. And and I looked up at the sky and I said, never again. I'm mm-hmm. never doing this again. And because I could, I, I moved to a warmer climate. Yeah. Uh, and But even when it's nice here, it doesn't matter. The, these This Florida State tree, the live oak, uh, drops leaves like you wouldn't believe. They, they're ankle deep this time of year. Yes, it's spring, so we're having fall. Yeah. And I mean, so it, instead of shoveling snow, I'm shoveling leaves. It's, it's so weird. You would think like the oak tree would be like the official tree of like uh, Saskatchewan or something like that. I'm not thinking Florida and oak trees. I'm thinking Florida and Cypress. I'm thinking Florida and palm trees. Well, and this I, is a very specific yeah. type of oak tree whose leaves are not biodegradable. Yeah, yeah. They don't they they stay for they last forever. They don't dissolve like normal leaves. Well, you know, today uh Buzz on the show we've got music from Cougar the Tiger because I played cool. I played this Cougar the Tiger song on the after party, but I figured, you know, mm. uh the after party is a subscription only podcast, and so I don't want to relegate some of our great indie recording artists, you know, behind the paywall. So I want to wheel out some of our uh the songs that we play on the after party. I want to also duplicate those on the free show, too, so everyone okay. gets a fair shake. So we're going to do sure. that. Sa- same song from Cougar the Tiger from the After Party. Uh, we're also playing a-, a song today from Gin, Chocolate, and Bottle Rockets. Uh, you know, <laughs> I- I'm finding the hard part today is deciding on which amazing song to play from these recording artists. I mean, we have so many submissions. Really great. BobSeska.com slash music. If you want to submit your uh, your independent recording artists or your independent projects, your mu- music and so on, whether it's one song or many songs or many albums, I'd like to hear it all. It doesn't matter what genre. Just go there to uh, BobSeska.com slash music and you can submit. Um, by the way, Cougar the Tiger is found at CougarTheTiger.Bandcamp.com. Gin, Chocolate, and Bottle Rockets, they have a Spotify page for their lean album but it's impossible to say that url so as usual i'm just going to post a link in the description below thank you um yeah so yesterday buzz i got swamped by gunsplainers yeah uh, yeah see now you i I'm, i suspect that somehow you got yourself into this <laughs> i do i tend to get myself into trouble on twitter i'm not sure exactly how that occurs but uh-huh. you know i'll be between a couple of things and i'll check in on twitter and i'll notice someone saying stupid about guns and then i'll have to respond because i'm compelled <laughs> to do that someone is wrong in the internet and i have to respond on it doesn't matter what time of day doesn't matter how inconvenient it is for me to then have to swat down all the trolls that, you, that swarm after that but you see a wrong and try to write it i really really try to do that and and yesterday i did i put in the valiant effort i mean i, I basically said someone was making the case it was a blue check he's got around the same number of twitter followers as i do so somewhat important and they were making the case uh in reply to joe scarborough who had tweeted uh-huh. about ar-15s that oh yeah well you know, there's lots of things that's developed by the military. We should allow the military to keep developing crap, like you know, all of this great technology that we have. Oh, and also guns. And so I said, well, which one of these things are not like the other? You know, we have a couple of innocuous things and semi-automatic firearms. I said, well, that, wait, the firearms... Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't have those. Maybe the military should have held on to that technology and not passed it along to the world. And then, of course, what always happens in these situations, Buzz, is all of the gun people feel the need to treat you as if you're a big fat dummy, you know, don't know anything about guns because you don't actually own one. But right. it's possible to know about firearms and how they work and how they're distributed, how they're sold, how they're marketed without actually owning one of those firearms. Right. And it's a, it's a simple process of just, you know, reading. And one of the things I was reading, and I, I mentioned this at one point, and this is really what caused the troll swarm. I said, it doesn't matter 
whether or not these firearms that are available to the public are automatic or semi-automatic. We know automatic weapons are banned. We know right. that semi-automatic weapons are not banned, but there's this modification that you can get called a bump stock that mm-hmm. will allow you to fire your semi-automatic firearm with the same rate as an automatic weapon, right? So you can literally uh, spray bullets like a hose using a, an AR-15 and a bump stock. And I wrote this, and everyone's like, oh, ho, 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 you're so stupid. You sound like my dad talking about the internet. Spray bullets like a hose? How absurd is that? And then I was like, okay, well, you'll, you'll have to complain to the sales and marketing director of Slidefire, the manufacturer of the bump stock, who said with the bump stock, people can spray bullets like a hose. Literally, yeah, literally the guy said that. <laughs> Unbelievable that, you know, it was so easy to just uh, attract them and then to rapidly swat them down. So it was a fun little exercise where at least I was able to uh, insert some truth into their creepy little world of, of trolling. But of course, this is the, uh, this is the thing from Rocky Mountain Mike Buzz that, uh, that I was thinking about all day yesterday as I was dealing with these gunsplainers. The Gunsplainer. <laughs> Starring Chuck Boltback. Brought to you by Chesterfield Cigarettes, when one lung is enough. Of course. The gunsplainer roamed the West, but only appeared to people after there was trouble. Oh, my. Them engines just came out of nowhere. Well. Thank God nobody's hurt. They attacked our wagon train with Winchesters. Pardon me, ma'am. Huh? What the? Where'd you come from? Those weren't Winchesters. What? You know, used by the Redskins. Excuse me? The Native Americans. The rifle used by the Radicals was the Colt Burgess rifle, also known as the 1883 Burgess rifle, a lever-action repeating rifle, which, although utilizing the same 4440 Winchester cartridge... Oh, we need some help here, mister. ...has an octagonally shaped 650-millimeter barrel, and actually a stronger action design than the Winchester. Is anybody gonna help? Because it has a toggle joint system to lock the breech block and the extension of the loading Oh, forget it, Barry. Let's go. No kidding. What a schmuck. The People don't know. They just don't know. They have no idea. By the way, who was that balding, overweight, middle-aged man? I wanted to smack him. That <laughs> was the gunsplainer. Stay tuned now for Have Gun, Will Troll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nicely done. Rocky uh, Mountain yeah. Mike is the best. Yeah. You know, you haven't lived until you've been gunsplained, too. And I was relieved yeah. to be able to splain right effing back to their faces yesterday. So I was I, able to I, I've had a little experience with that. I, yeah. And I, I avoid it even more than you should because I, I know less than you do about it. I, 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 I really don't know anything about guns. I'm okay with that. In fact, I'm very happy with that yeah. as far as the thing i know some basic stuff i know that i know that the the assault rifle that is so popular with americans today the number one selling gun in america is was inspired uh, by and is actually better than in terms of its killing power if you want to rate them that way mm. uh then the version the military version that inspired uh that model uh, that right. was used in in vietnam a more powerful uh, weapon and yeah, I mean, uh, but they love to get into the details of things, which I don't care about. I, I, I you know, there no, I mean, uh, there are experts and and yeah. uh, they among them. And since most uh, gun owners favor uh, certainly uh, closing the the loopholes, uh, 
uh, on registration. Uh, there is, I think, some momentum in this country, and there should mm-hmm. be more now than ever uh, to 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 take some some action. And yeah. uh, experts and non-experts together can sit down and figure out, uh, you know, a, a way uh, to to deal with the fact that we have guns, but that they are out of control. Listen, what? And I want to say this uh, repeatedly. What we have just witnessed in New Zealand would never yeah. happen mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that is, oh, there's, the shooting could certainly happen here. Mm-hmm. What would never happen here is the rapid, precise, on-target response yep. that we're seeing from the New Zealand government. And, and uh, Jacinda Ardern is is a walking, talking ad for electing a woman president in this country, mm-hmm. if ever there was one. I don't think we've ever seen a, a man handle a crisis as she has handled this one, and uh, certainly never that carefully and and quickly and yep. compassionately. Uh, yep. You know, with great certainty. Uh, in New Zealand, see, it's not too early to talk about gun violence. Right, right. Well, you, you know, know, they're having that conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's no reason whatsoever for us here in the United States for average civilians to be able to walk around with a semi-automatic firearm that has a bump stock attached to it with a uh, an extended magazine and armor-piercing rounds. You don't need that crap to hunt for deer. Yeah, I'm sorry. And also, you know what? You don't even need that shit to, uh, to defend your house against a burglar. I mean, these yeah, are... But they're- they're great for shooting squirrels. Exactly right. But I mean, why do you need? Why the hell do you need a bump yeah. stock for shooting deer? I don't understand the, this. Uh, yeah, well, you know, and a lot of this is for target practice. Uh, a lot of people love the feel of that. People who yeah. who have these guns and love them love the feel of of that experience. Mm-hmm. And and really, I think most of the bullets fired are fired at targets. Yeah, uh, fortunately. But uh, what is scary is the number of guns that are out there of this type. We don't need to get into the technical details that gun nuts like to get into, and they, and they do that. Uh, it's all on purpose. That's mm-hmm. for the purpose of of, of keeping you off guard uh, to to the extent that they can. But those details are not as important as the fact that no matter what you call it, any gun that rapid fires or fires many rounds without reloading is uh, should be uh, of great concern and and uh, they that needs to be greatly restricted and also just cracking down on uh, who gets guns yeah well, i mean the fact is that and this is strange to say this but it's absolutely true the only practical use for a semi-automatic firearm that has a bump stock attached to it is to mow down a giant yeah. crowd of people like the well, shooter at Las Vegas did. And that, and I'm not saying that obviously in a, in a positive sense, clearly, but what I'm saying is that the, the capability leads to the actual practical use at the other end. You know what I mean? That's the, pr- that's the purpose of it. This yeah. again is an improved version of, of a gun that was made for our soldiers in Vietnam to mow down people. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that's what it was made to mow down people. That's yeah. what that gun was made for. And this improved version of it uh, does that job even better. Well, yeah. And you know what? That's funny. That's because that's uh, a point that I often make, Buzz, in these Twitter fights with uh, the gunsplainers is that, um, you know, they always bring up the the counter argument. Well, uh, cars kill people all the time. Why don't we just ban cars or have background checks for cars? And my response are two things to the car excuse, which is one, cars are not manufactured in order to harm or murder people. Guns are. 
Gar- right. Guns, their intrinsic value is to murder or harm people. But you know what? If we want to start regulating and guns squirrels. like we do. And, <laughs> and squirrels. But you know, if we want to start regulating guns the same mm. way we regulate cars, great. Because cars are regulated, sure. oh my God, in a thousand different ways. Anyone who's been to the DMV knows that to be true. So if we want to start regulating guns with the same way we regulate cars, if you really want to make that comparison, you really want to go there with that metaphor, well, we should ban guns. Too. What about hammers and ladders? People die falling off ladders too. What? <sighs> Gun nuts have been hiding for decades yeah. behind a poorly interpreted Second Amendment. <laughs> That's uh, exactly. Hiding behind it, hiding yeah. behind it, oh, using yeah. it, yeah. using it as a shield uh, uh, to uh, to to be gun nuts and mm-hmm. and wannabe cowboys. I'll never forget, uh, and forgive me if I've told this story before, uh, riding an airport shuttle bus and, and noting some young British men who were, had just arrived in the U.S. in Washington, D.C. for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I asked them what their impressions were, what they expected to find, and uh, they said, cowboys. <laughs> And this was this was not when I was young. This was recently. Yeah, uh, this was yeah. in recent years. And 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 they explained it. I understood. We had a nice conversation. But it that's what came to mind. Mm-hmm. Does that concern us? That that's the first thing that came to their mind. And and is there any better description of? many of these gun nuts you know maybe those people that you met on that shuttle bus uh, had listened to rocky mountain mike's gunsplainer but maybe that's why they thought we're all cowboys <laughs> they, yeah but, i don't know they would if they hadn't heard from him before they would during their visit yeah. well and now and now buzz as uh, paul harvey used to like to say the rest of the story you, you know who's trying to ban bump stocks now take take one guess i'll give you one I, guess uh, the nra i don't know no uh <laughs> even worse Donald Trump is trying to ban bump stocks right now. Yeah. He's done that before. Yeah. I mean, that's been... Well... He's he's talked about that before, and there were pursuits, and they ran into some... I guess legal issues as far as the president as an executive order would go. Well, as far as I can tell, I think Department of Justice or, or it could be Homeland Security, which houses uh-huh. the ATF now. I think right. one of those yes. two departments is actually working on an effort to ban bump stocks. So they are making a good faith yes. effort to do that. And sometimes a stopped clock is uh, right a couple of times a day. So, <laughs> you know, th- this is something that happens. But I, I'm saying this all in the context of the gunsplainers from my Twitter mentions yesterday who, you know, are, are imagining that Donald Trump is protecting their, you know, their alleged Second Amendment rights, or at least their interpretation of their uh, Second Amendment rights. And yeah. it turns out he's taking their bump stocks, or at least trying to. Ha ha ha. ha yeah, ha, ha. and actually, I uh, I think the NRA has abstained on this issue. They've they've <laughs> not issued an opinion one way or another, or they have said it was okay. I don't think Trump would proceed if yeah. it wasn't okay with the NRA. And I think the NRA felt it had to budge a little bit. After the Las Vegas massacre. Uh, so bizarre, so utterly bizarre that they would ever want to keep something legal that would turn a semi-automatic firearm into... Some do, but those are the real nuts. Those, those are the guys we don't want to have them. Yeah, I mean, again... Uh, those, are, those are the real nuts. Most, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that most Americans want to own a bump stock. Yeah. I know... Some do, but weren't they kind of creepy already? Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite an understatement, too. I mean, if you want to spray bullets like a fire hose, for God's sake, you're wanting to do something besides hunting or protecting your family from burglars. Sorry, Let me explain. It's nothing like a fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, so uh, moving along here. That was my fun day. Uh, in Listen, Twitter Bob matches. and I are both Bob and I are both good people. Just don't make us send the soldiers, cops, and bikers after you. Okay, that's <laughs> that's, right. that's all we you know. That's all you need to know. Oops, oh, wrong noise. No, that's noise. that's the right. Yeah, that's both of those. Both of those responses are correct. Jesus, my big fat fingers on my buttons. I often That's, hit no, the wrong I, button. I liked the scream. I thought the scream was good. <laughs> well, I was going to see that or this. Buzz. No, I was going to say your name. Uh, okay, so uh, just a little bit of information here for those of you following along. Um, Senator Sandwiches. I, I've started referring to him instead of saying his actual name, just to, to ward off any uh, <laughs> any trolls. Senator Sandwich. Senator Bernie Sandwiches. Has just uh, hired someone new onto his campaign. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, and that new staffer is uh, a guy uh, who some of us are familiar with. His name is David Sirota. Yeah, David Sirota um, has been hired to be Senator Sandwich's senior advisor and speechwriter on his campaign mm-hmm. for president. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got. Well, that's a very important position. I have it not is. heard of this gentleman. David Sirota, well, David Sirota is one of several people who have blocked me on Twitter for, oh, for proving well, them wrong. And that's a long list, my friend. Yeah, very, very long <laughs> list. Uh, David uh-huh. Sirota really, really wants to be Glenn Greenwald. That's David Sirota, and I've okay. got no, I mean, I've got nothing more to add to this because uh, I, I don't want to uh, necessarily incur the wrath of the, uh, the the Bernie Sandwiches crowd, so I'm, I'm reserving uh, any further comment on that particular topic. Topic. I just thought it would be something interesting that uh, our listeners would like to know about. That David Sirota yeah. is now working for Senator and, Sandwiches. And, you know, one thing we have to do this time that we didn't do before, and I say we, everybody, including Democrats here, yeah. uh, we didn't vet our candidates in 2016. Uh, the media is a, a lot to blame for that, but individuals are responsible for that as well yeah. uh, as voters. And I would suggest that uh, be the candidate Democrat or Republican that you personally vet them to the extent that you're able to by 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 reading up and seeing what they're yep. doing. I know that uh, Mr. Sandwich <laughs> is uh, is doing very very well in the polls uh, and and the 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 assessments of how the candidates are doing that take into account their fundraising and uh, all of the other stuff. Uh, the assessments put Bernie Sanders among the top three. He's yeah, a, he's yeah. a leading. And if he becomes, if he becomes the nominee, you know, if that happens, and right now it's as early as it is, he's yeah. one of the front runners. Front runners, as it turns out, end up doing very well uh, in, in primaries. So you know, that's at least worth noting, mm-hmm. even if it, even if the election is a very long way away. That's right. Um, you know, so uh, what I'm saying is, if Sanders becomes. The nominee, I, I hope we don't say something we might regret. That's right. Uh, about him that will be used against uh, the our only hope uh, uh, against Donald Trump. If he turns out to be, if Senator Sandwich turns out to be the only hope, <laughs> then, uh, then you know, let's not say something we regret. And I say that about all of the candidates. You know, let's, yeah. to make note, you know. You can make note of the fact that somebody uh, said they would release their taxes and mm-hmm. haven't done it yet, or you could, you know, you make note of something uh, another candidate said, or yeah. But uh, make note of these things, as I said last week. But 
it's it's just too early to start condemning yep. any yep. one candidate just in case they happen to be our horse in the race. You know, two things. First of all, uh, I I love it when you say Senator Sandwiches. That is that my, is amazing my, and and so incredibly. Fun. I don't know why it's so it, it, it's, fu- it's funnier it's, from me. It's funnier from you, and I don't know why that is. But yeah, but we also have a senator. But that's all right. We have a Senator Sandwiches sound. I just realized we can oh, use good, that. Oh, good, no, good. Just the, that's it. That's a, That's him biting into a sandwich. See, Senator sandwich. Senator sandwich. The other thing is, um, uh-huh. you know, I've been noticing this. This is a phenomenon with regard to all of the Democratic candidates. Every once in a while, I'll see this pop up on my Facebook feed or on Twitter, where one of the candidates will say something, one line, maybe even mm-hmm. part of a line, maybe even a phrase mm-hmm. or a word in a, in a sentence, and they'll target that one word and go. All right, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with Beto O'Rourke because he said this one thing. <laughs> right, or I'm done right. with that guy because he said that one thing. Or I'm done with her and I'm done with her and I'm done with that other person because they said one thing that rubbed me the wrong way. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call a purity test. And if you're applying yes. a purity test to too many any, of us are doing it, any yeah. of the Democrats, that's right. Don't. Don't. That's my my only none advice. None of us is pure. Yeah. No. No. None of us You're are not pure, and none of them are pure. I, yeah. And I'll repeat this from last week because I think it is ever so important. This is a used car lot, folks. They've mm-hmm. all got flaws. They all have flaws. That's right. Expect that. Expect. Look. Hey, you know, there's a lot of things you could look at now. Uh, uh, you, you got uh, Bernie, who raised like uh, six million, nearly six million on the first day. Mm-hmm. You have Beto, who raised a little over six million on the first day. Uh, and so now uh, your two apparent front runners in terms of fundraising, they've dusted the two of them have dusted everybody else in fundraising. And yeah. these are all small contributors, Bob. These are these are everyday folks uh, sending yeah. in these these contributions. And uh, so you have these these two, at least financial for now, front runners. Uh, who both just burst onto the scene. One of them happens to be uh, a little younger and more attractive than the other one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now, because that's what you've got, and now people are starting to talk about the age thing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and meanwhile, uh, like I said, uh, the Prime Minister of, of New Zealand has made it abundantly clear that maybe, maybe a, a woman president is the way to go. And uh, Lord knows we've got a, a field of good ones there too. So yep. and it is very early, but let's just not condemn anybody yet. Expect the flaws. Our job right now is to sit back and wait for the flaws to surface. Mm-hmm. Maybe this young, handsome Beto character, uh, something awful might come up about him. I'm not saying it will, but but what if it did? Then what are you going to do if you put all your all your eggs in the <laughs> Beto basket? You know, so <laughs> the Beto basket. So you know, uh, just I'm just uh, asking everybody to please be patient and cautious. Listen, uh, take mental notes, uh, and and observe, mm-hmm. and then decide. Uh, that's please don't rush to judgment on these folks, and please know in advance that they are all flawed and that these flaws will be exposed during this campaign. Well, uh, on that note, I want to mention a, a very positive thing about Senator Elizabeth Warren, who came out yes. in support of a national popular vote in place of the yeah. the Electoral College a, as we currently know it. I'm going to call you on this, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I love this. I'm actually a, a big time support of this. I'm, I'm in support of this uh, national popular vote uh, compact mm-hmm. that's being passed mm-hmm. rapidly by 
by uh, now 12 states, I think, have passed it. Once they get to 270 electoral votes total of all the states that have passed it, then it will go into effect. Um, this is interesting. And, and also, uh, I thank uh, Elizabeth Warren for doing this because yesterday, un- unknown to me that she would actually comment on it, yesterday I wrote about this topic for Salon, and it's getting published today at some point. Very so, timely. You're in, you're in cahoots, aren't you? So I'm very grateful for that. But we're going to talk about that uh, and a whole lot more coming up here in just a second. But before we do that, uh, let's talk about Chris Lavoie's banded masculine candles, huh? Um, banded masculine candles, they're all natural soy wax candles and steel containers with masculine scents like leather, blood orange, and hunting lodge. Each uh-huh. one is poured individually by Chris Lavoie's mighty hands. And no lavender. He hates lavender for some yeah, reason. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. no, I'm with him. Lavender's awful. What it's is it awful. about? What is it about lavender that people hate? I'm just curious about that. I, I don't know, but if you have a tomato garden and you plant lavender, it'll keep the deer away. <laughs> so the deer hate it too. So okay, I didn't if know he that. did make lavender, if he did make lavender candles, you <laughs> could put them in your garden. That's a, oh my god, another use. Yeah, see, if he makes <laughs> lavender candles, he can use it to, to ward I away the deer. Consider that. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Chris. Well, the leather candle smells like a broken-in baseball glove or maybe a harness. Uh, Blood Orange (laughs) sends a deep, uh, complex citrus scent in the air. Hunting Lodge is a sweet mix of blue spruce and whiskey. Humidor smells like unsmoked pipe tobacco, earthy with a hint of uh, cherry and cognac. Campfire brings a scent of a crackling campsite blaze indoors. Roast a marshmallow over it if you want to uh, risk the fire hazard. Uh, freshly cut grass brings the clean smell of freshly mown lawn indoors without the allergies. And mojito is a fresh mix of mint and lime with just a hint of rum. Chris wow. is uh, using his bulbous pectorals to create the best smelling candles I've ever whiffed. So when you shop, make sure to click the banded masculine link at bobseska.com and we get a small commission from every candle you purchase. And while you're clicking and shopping, make sure to use our Amazon link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Using our link will take you to the front page of Amazon where you shop as normal. But because you used our link, we receive a small commission on some of your purchases. Thank you in advance. The Bob Seska Show. This is a Cougar the Tiger. The song is called Big Fat Mouth, cougarthetiger.bandcamp.com. Oh, man, the other day, Buzz, I was driving around. It was one of those days where it was uh, the upper 60s here. I rolled down the windows and had this this music blasting. Oh, man, it was just such a great... I I was just driving to get a haircut, and I felt like a million (laughs) dollars. Yeah, because this thing was one of those spring it days, is. early no. spring, you know. Right, and it's this is that kind of a song. This is the kind of a song you want to be out on a nice day, driving in your car, listening to this cranked up without us talking over it. <laughs> exactly. You know, I wanted to, along those lines, I wanted to mention, too, that uh, once a month, once a month, at the end of every month, I'm going to do a, uh, a countdown show. Where uh, oh, I, really? Wow. Yeah, I, I'm going to play the full-length versions of all these songs uh, ah, in, a, in a single... that's very cool. You know, like Casey Kasem-style countdown Two. show. Two! What happened with the pictures I was supposed to see? It's the last goddamn time they come out of an up-tempo Bob's, record. Bob Seska counts down the hits. <laughs> and i gotta, I got to talk about a death dedication. I, I want to do the voice work on this show. I want to do the okay. I want to do the intro and stuff. Yeah. And by the way, what happened to the pictures I was supposed to see? It's the last goddamn time. Famous tape of Casey Kasem. <laughs> yes, thank you. 
No, I really like this. I like the vocal. It's got that sort of alternative sound that I like. Yes. Yeah, this is nice. I Send me a copy of this. <clears throat> yeah, and in fact, uh, this uh, the consensus is this sounds like Erasure. Nice. The, the group Erasure, which... Uh, well, then I'd like them to kind of agree with that assessment, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, send That's us your cool. music, bobseska.com like slash music. Thank you very nice much. Nice work, fellas. Um, okay, so back to Elizabeth Warren and the Electoral College and all that happy crappy. Yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you're you actually in favor of keeping the Electoral College as is. Why? Uh, no. What's your reason? Oh, you're not. No, 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 no. This is what I'm going to call you on. Oh, you used okay. to be. Oh, yeah. You, you used to be <laughs> yes, in favor. I was. I we was. Did, we did uh, shows. We did live election coverage yeah. uh, together. Uh, 2008 and what was the other year? It was, was it 20, 2012. 2012. 2012. Yeah. And then yeah. after that. Yeah, and uh, at least in one of those, uh, you you defended the electoral college, and and mm. I had I did some reading subsequent to that, both pro and con, and there's plenty to read about both. Yeah, uh, you know I've I've read uh, the founding fathers' argument for it, and and I've looked at the other side of it, and I I too have shifted away from it. I was. I was a semi-defender of the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. You were actually very vocally in favor of it, as <laughs> yeah. I recall. And I just, I, I, I wanted to call you on that, mm -hmm. as you uh, point out your pride in what Elizabeth Warren has done here. Yeah, yeah. Well, very <laughs> vocally can be applied to just about everything I have said and done. So uh, that's for sure. But, you know, it was one of those things where, for the longest time, I supported the Electoral College, as you right. said, Buzz, right. because I felt as though... We needed some sort of roadblock to someone, some despotic populist rising to power in this country who is. Uh, how's that? How's that working out for you? Yeah, thank you very much. No, yeah, that's no. that's what that gets. Um, you know, my 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 sense is to defer whenever possible to the founding fathers because yeah. they pretty much nailed it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are little exceptions here and there, and and this is one of them, and that I think it would be okay to correct. It's one certainly your gut tells you, your heart tells you it should be a popular vote decision. Yeah. The founding fathers had very good reasons that I don't think we should get into here because here again it's like gunsplaining. <laughs> uh, but but they had very good reasons for mm. uh, insisting on the electoral college uh, yeah. method, and uh, it it didn't really work out. The world did not evolve in the way they sort of expected mm -hmm. it to. So this is a case where I think it would be okay. I think they'd be okay with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, I think so. If we went ahead and made some changes to that. Well, especially because the Electoral College has has stepped away from its mandate. I mean, if the Electoral College had done what it was mandated to do... Step the, away from your mandate. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, if if they had done that, if those electors had done what they should have done per yeah. the founding documents, yeah. they would have stopped Donald Trump from actually being confirmed wow. as president of the United States. They would have delivered their electoral votes to someone who was saner and more rational and more competent and who wasn't a uh, a, a traitor to the United States, who wasn't actively the, participating yeah. in the disruption of the election. And the two, the two major political parties, and yeah. uh, certainly including the Democrats, uh, played a part in in sort of perverting that, that system. And, That's and, right. And how those... Electors are chosen. 
So what happened was is the electoral college just became a technicality, a turnkey, something that just happens automatically. Oh, that With that person, yeah. yeah, that person won the electoral votes based on the election night tally. Oh, okay, sure, click. That's our vote. We're going with that one instead of looking at these candidates and then looking at something like, for example, um, a Federalist Number Sixty Eight by uh, Alexander Hamilton, writing as the Publius character, he said, uh, you know, the, the electoral college will prevent against uh, candidates with talents for low intrigue and the little arts of popularity. Basically, Donald Trump. That's what right, they were warning right. against, Donald Trump. And the Electoral College failed. See, and so, they meant well, and now we know exactly what they did mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you know, on top of all of that, this is the obvious point of the Electoral College, even if they hadn't ever read Federalist Number 68, you know, because most people don't. But we all know that this is why the Electoral College exists. So if it's not going to live up to that mandate, why keep it around? Well, the good news is, is there's this uh, piece of legislation that's being passed. It's been passed by, I think, 12 different states. I mean, fully passed into law mm -hmm. by 12 different states. It is the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. And so now that they're, I think Delaware is just about to uh, get its version of it signed by the governor. So Delaware joins the, the 12, taking the tally up to 13. Um, the one catch that people don't know about is that, as I said before the break, this doesn't go into effect until enough states accumulating 270 electoral votes or representing right. 270 electoral votes pass a version of this law. And once that happens, that's when it goes into effect. So right now, now I've, I've received a lot of comments already, and I haven't uh -huh. even published my article yet, <laughs> but I've received a lot of comments already. Bob, there are all blue states who have who have passed the compact yes. already. Yeah. How can this possibly be seen as fair? And I said, well, if you look at the list of states that are in the process of passing it now, where the, the compact is going through committees, going through various uh, chambers of the state legislature, there are red states like um, Arkansas, Arizona, mm -hmm. North Carolina. All these states have taken up the legislation. And in order to get to that 270 threshold, there are going to have to be red states who sign on to the compact. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, and as it is right now, state governments are still controlled by the Republican Party, the majority right. of them. Yep. Uh, Democrats made big gains in the midterm elections in governorships yeah. and uh, uh, congressional representation, mm -hmm. state representatives, state houses uh, are bluer than they were yeah. uh, before the midterms. So there's still a way to go, and I think we will see further uh, progress in that direction uh, in the 2020 election, yeah, yeah, which is also starting to look more and more like the inevitable solution to Donald Trump. Well, uh, but 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 it, it, I think at this point, the state governments are still controlled by Republicans, and so yeah. I don't think this can get very far. I am encouraged to hear what you're saying about, uh, and I wasn't aware of this, the Arkansas and other red states now considering, and and now that you've mentioned that i can see why it's a common sense idea yeah. it's a gut like i said you when you first start thinking about this if you if you go to evaluate this yourself uh, electoral college versus popular vote uh your gut your heart tells you well popular vote is the is the way to go and so because i think the the reaction the visceral reaction uh to that idea 
is strong enough, uh, as you said, to maybe even sway red states. So, mm-hmm. oh gosh, let's let's see what happens here, and let's campaign for it if you're telling me there's a chance. Well, the other thing on top of this is uh, Lindsey Graham. Uh, let's see, where's Lindsey Graham's music? Oh, there we go. Uh, there we go. Strength. Yeah, Lindsey Graham. Rally, I rally, <laughs> I do. Strength. Strength. He's a piece of piece of work, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he is. The badly compromised Lindsey Graham. Uh, I wonder what it is. I wonder what they have on him. Or what Trump has on him, which has occurred to me also. Right, right. Well, he tweeted today, The desire to abolish the Electoral College is driven by the idea Democrats want rural America to go away politically. Uh-huh. Um, that is um, that is wrong. Wrong. That is totally yeah. wrong. Uh, because th- this the the compact does not eliminate the electoral college. That is no. the other little catch here. The yeah. electoral votes in these states that pass the compact would simply assign their elect their their electors to whomever won the national popular vote. So the electoral votes of say Delaware, now oh, this mm-hmm. they right. would grant their electors to the winner of the national popular vote. So they would the, be obligated to do that. So the Electoral College would still be there, uh, but uh, the electors would uh, be in a situation to make their decisions based on the popular vote. Precisely. And should the Electoral College decide to live up to its mandate as handed uh-huh. down by the framers, then the Electoral College could still block another Donald Trump if they wanted to. That's yeah. the beauty of this plan. It's it's a way to remove some of the power of the Electoral College without eliminating the Electoral College. And it, right. So yeah, it, it doesn't require that radical of a change. Yeah. Right? Because radical changes like that are very difficult. I will say this, and, and I'm, I'm glad you, you brought this up about Arkansas and other red states. Again, I was not aware of this trend. I thought we were pretty much screwed on this idea uh, until uh, you just reported that uh, there is some a red state support for it. And again, I so you've got Lindsey Graham on one side speaking yeah. for the Republican Party because it is not in the Republican Party's best interest to uh, to change the rules for the Electoral College. Yeah. Th- that's why he's against that. But tell that to the voters of Arkansas. <laughs> their yeah. their gut or 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 any state for that matter, and not to single them out. The the visceral reaction to the idea of a popular vote is positive. Mm-hmm. And so no matter what Lindsey Graham says, no matter what he warns his constituents, uh, their gut reaction is going to be the same. Popular vote, hell yes. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the other thing about all of this buzz is that, uh, yeah, it's going to be harder for someone like Donald Trump to win. And because Elizabeth Warren has mentioned this now, um, uh, it's going to become more politicized than it was. I think it was kind of hovering right. under the radar for now a the, bit. Now, right. Now the other candidates will be asked uh, yeah. where they stand on this issue, and they'll each be uh, asked uh, to take a stand on that. And hopefully from that, you'll we as voters can see uh, which candidates weasel out of the question, Mm -hmm. which ones agree with her, which ones take it farther than her and which ones disagree with her. Mm -hmm. And we'll make note of all these things as we keep our little mental notebook 
about the candidates headed for 2020. It's fascinating because one of the conversations I've been having with Kimberly, because she's really uh, a strong supporter. In fact, she's kind of a guru on this front in, in terms of uh, informing and educating people about the Equal Rights Amendment, which is uh, yes. just on the cusp of, of finally being ratified. <laughs> there are just still some, yeah. some procedural it's, problems along the way. But. How many years? I mean, I've forgotten the history. It, it This goes back. I mean, I remember the marches of the 70s. Yep. Uh, 1970s or something, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, and but I know it actually goes back farther than that. The Equal Rights Amendment does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is an idea that's been around, and so yeah, it's and you know, it's like bands coming up. It's like indie bands coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, as a band or as a musician, you can work for. 25, 30 years before you become an overnight sensation. Yeah. Well, if, if you th- think about the irony of that statement and that's, oh, yeah. it, you know, so it's, it's time. It's past time for ERA to become an overnight sensation. Yeah, and they were they were so tantalizingly close. And what happened is the actual amendment, for some reason, uh, unlike any other amendment that's been ratified, this amendment right. was assigned to a uh, a deadline. So you had to have it ratified be- yes. until a, up, up to a certain date. And if you didn't get it ratified before that date, well, then all bets are off. Wah, wah, and, yeah. and yeah, and that was the problem. And now they've actually ended up, they're, they're one state away from from ratifying it, except we're beyond the deadline. But the, the overall point that I'm trying to make in all of this I is that. is that, you know, the, the discussion I'm always having with Kimberly is, what's the wisdom in drawing um, political attention to it? Wouldn't that keep it from passing? It seems like one of the reasons why some states have ratified it in the past couple of years is because it's kind of been flying under the radar, quietly making its way through yeah. state legislatures. And and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be talking about it. I'm just saying I, I'm concerned that um, maybe talking about it will actually end up damaging its chances. And I, again, I, I'm, I'm all, f- obviously, I'm clearly in support of passing the, uh, ratifying the Equal Rights yeah. Amendment. It's just how do we get, how do we get maybe, over these last hurdles? Maybe, maybe you're both right in succession. Yeah. And what yeah. I mean is maybe, maybe the first thing to do is what's being done. And you see this happening in state governments across the country. Reforms being made. Yeah. Uh, requiring a, a presidential candidate to reveal their tax returns before getting on the state ballot, for example. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things are being done very quietly. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the approach to take right now, Yeah, is to pursue these things to to see what we can get away with, in other words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until, until it needs that final push. Um, don't give Rush Limbaugh the feminazi target again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, act stealthily. Uh, because progress is and can be made. Work behind the scenes, uh, you know. And obviously, and and that's obviously what's being done. Mm-hmm. But but I think that's I think that's the proper way. I think yeah. that's the way to because he, there is a danger in calling attention to it. There is also an importance to calling attention yeah. to it uh, when the time is right. When it's too late. Yeah. For you to be stopped. Well, you know, when I think about Buzz, sometimes is how the Republicans have been able to pass all these trap laws in the at the state level. Yeah, that's where, what they did. Yeah, where they're sneaky. That's what we've learned as Americans. Yes, <laughs> precisely sneaky. They've uh-huh. they've been sneaky about how they've passed these anti-abortion laws in the states, yes, where exactly. these these weird exactly. things that they say, oh yeah, you can't you can't have an abortion clinic if it's more than thirty miles away from a hospital. These are they yeah. Like backdoor yeah, ways of banning Yeah, it. they 
they didn't make a big show of it. Yeah. They didn't have marches. Now, uh, obviously, the protest with the people carrying the fake, ugly photographs in front of churches and yeah. those kinds of things and places where uh, uh, abortions are occasionally performed, uh, you, you know, that's there. But you don't, and, and, you know, they have their little annual march in Washington, which mm. everybody else just ignores. Yeah. Uh, but uh, other than that, you, you don't see a, a you don't see that movement as much as it's it, it the amount of movement you see it belies the amount of progress it has made. Well, uh, in other words, most like you said, most of what the anti-abortion movement has accomplished, it has done quietly. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I remember very distinctly is the Wendy oh. Davis filibuster of the abortion oh, law that yeah. was going oh, through yeah. Texas. And, you know, when yeah. we found out about that law, the Texas anti-abortion law. At the last minute, when Wendy Davis yes. was already filibustering it, and it was about to pass that night at midnight, that's right. when the left discovered that this was actually a thing. That's how quietly the Republicans uh-huh. were shoving this thing through the state legislature. At least, I mean, I'm talking about nationally. Obviously, right. there were uh, uh, reproductive rights activists and so on in Texas on the ground who knew about this and who were trying to publicize it, but we didn't find out about it nationally. Uh, those of us who weren't in and uh-huh. following the the minute details of what was happening in the Texas state legislature. We didn't know about it until the last minute. And that's kind of that. I feel like sometimes with some issues, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case with the ERA or any of these other laws, but I think sometimes maybe quiet is better, Um, especially if you have the votes and you don't need to go nationally in order to drum up enough support for something to pass. If you've got the votes already, why not do it quietly? Um, I've seen some mighty impressive women's marches over the years from the 70s to 2016 and yeah. beyond and in between and uh, as impressive as they were uh what i see as a result of that is fuel for the rush limbaugh's of mm-hmm. the media yeah. uh to to uh, attack and scorn and to work up uh the right wing that would be opposed to uh, such progress and so yeah maybe there's a value in in approaching quietly but i also think I because I love this in a movie or a TV show. I love it uh, like at the last minute when you've got this nailed, you've got this in yeah. the bag, the ERA. <laughs> we have got this baby sewn up. That's when you have a march. Yeah, that's when you. That's when you show that your idea has this kind of support. Mm-hmm. We've done the other thing, and it was impressive. It, it, it still didn't get it passed. Yeah. So let's try the quiet approach, and then you know, kind of put it in their faces with a march that communicates the idea that this is a popular idea, that this is what the people wanted, that it's not just some decision being handed down from government. Yeah, you know, with the ERA, just to be totally clear, I'm not necessarily saying a quiet approach is appropriate for the ERA. I'm just suggesting, well, well, this is just a point of uh, like a thought exercise between Kimberly and I. We're just like gaming it out. Like, well, being loud about it, how is that going to work out? Being quiet about it, how is that going to work out? And which is the better approach? So it's just a a point of conversation than a disagreement. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I I understand. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying, I, I think I, I'm just saying I think you're right. <laughs> well, here's, I, just, I, I, have an, I have another example, I, actually. I, too. I, and I, I'm saying I think you're both right. I think there's a, a time, 
I think it's all about the timing. I yeah, think you're both yeah. right, and that in each case, it's about the timing. Well, there's another example of doing something quietly and suddenly having great success in the process. Well, um, both New Jersey and now, as of today, Washington State have each passed the legislation. I mean, pass it. It's now the law mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. states requiring tax returns in exchange for being included on the ballot in those states. There you go. So there this is go. these are a couple of things that up until they actually got passed, didn't really hear about them. And now that Minimum. they're passed, oh, here they are. This is yeah. great. <laughs> fantastic Minim- yeah minimum wage uh and again these are not necessarily uh, all that quiet mm. but th- it is another example of states and cities and counties raising their wage minimums across the country because congress has stopped doing so because the republican congress has refused to move or budge or agree on that issue uh, so states have been forced to move ahead. We're seeing more and more of that, whether it's uh, presidential candidates' tax returns or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. States are are beginning, and gun laws, uh, we're, abortion laws, we're seeing states uh, take action where the federal government will not. Well, there's, uh, there's something else I want to talk about here on the show today, Buzz, and it's the topic that you can type without looking, and that is <laughs> the latest story about Deutsche Bank from the New York Times and Donald Trump. We're going to talk about that right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. Gin, chocolate, and bottle rockets. Hey, it down and come with me. Sit in the shade of a big oak tree. Laugh about the little things. Talk about our hopes and dreams. Another great uh, spring song. Another great song for springtime. Indeed. Again, uh, she's, sing- she's singing about oak trees, however. That's true. You I, know how I feel about that. No, a- I like this. <laughs> I, I, I like funny. this because I I could play this on my ukulele, I think. Oh, I think so. That's right. Yeah. yeah. This song is Listen. called uh, Stand Close to Me. This is Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets. It's their lean album. I'm going to put a link to their Spotify for this album under the uh, podcast right here in the description under the show. So... I can't. I wish I could say it out loud, but it's got a bunch of characters in it. It's like 30 characters. It's like Spotify.com slash ZXQY495. You're never going to be able to know it uh, if I tell you. <laughs> so just click the link in the description. How about that? But I just I love this album. I just love it, love it, love it. We're going to be hearing a lot more from uh, Gin Chocolate and Bottle Rockets here. Yeah, I like the, I like the sound. I, I can jam with those folks. Oh, my God, yes. 
Uh, maybe we'll have to do a, uh, a meet and greet, and you can do a duet with Jen uh, Tiger Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Well. All right, so uh, let's see what else. Oh, you know what? I wanted to uh, extend a, uh, a good luck and uh, our, of course, our, our good vibes and our good thoughts to, uh, to Dan Goldhaber. Dan Goldhaber is having a triple bypass tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. One, wow. of, our, uh, one of our great listeners. And uh, I, I think he was supposed to get a transplant, but instead of a transplant, like an entire heart transplant, they're, they're giving a triple bypass uh, tomorrow. So we'll be thinking about uh, Dan Goldhaber tomorrow. So uh, best of luck to you, my friend. Do you gonna take the aortic valve, the the California surgeon? <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, that's right. Can you imagine if surgeons gave directions like uh, Californians did? Okay, uh, Trump apparently borrowed more than two billion dollars from Deutsche Bank buzz and suckers, 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 suckers. Now this is yeah. this is due in part to two things. One, Donald Trump's fraud and corruption, uh, because he was, of course, inflating his net worth uh, by uh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, where I think right. they were saying what? That he was worth? Yeah, he said he was worth uh, $3 billion, and uh, <laughs> they know that the truth was actually, at the time, $787 million. So he was oh, worth under oh. a billion, so he had... He had uh, more than tripled his his own value. There. Yeah, and let's always remember too that seven seven hundred eighty eight million dollars is still a lot of money. It's so much oh, money it is. Yeah. that that I could give if I had seven hundred eighty eight million dollars, Buzz. I could give you eighty million dollars, and I would still have. Seven hundred and eight million dollars. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a that's a staggering yeah, yeah. way to think and about it. It's a good way. It's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Indeed. Here's here's what you need to know about this story. Gotcha. A very long story in the the New York Times. A great story uh, uh, about the history and the relationship uh, between Donald Trump and Deutsche Bank. And this becomes important because, uh, as you recall, Michael Cohen testified before Congress publicly that that Trump had. Uh, had uh, falsified, had uh, exaggerated his, mm -hmm. his wealth uh, to get loans uh, fraudulently. Uh, we now know from this story, uh, this New York Times story just out, that uh, Deutsche Bank knew they were being jacked around from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, what? Here's the deal. Trump needed money, or said he did, or wanted it. And Deutsche Bank wanted Trump's image. And this goes back to the late 80s, early 90s, when Trump was the darling of People magazine and even his beloved hometown newspaper, the New York Times, uh, you know, everybody was the Donald this, real estate, People <laughs> magazine with the babes mm -hmm. and the, the cars and all that. And you go, well, that's, you know, he's a big deal. <clears throat> he's, a, he's a big success. And that's mm -hmm. sort of how that image got started, even though we now know it was all just horse hockey. That's right. Uh, but but uh, so uh, Deutsche Bank, which was it was trying to establish itself on Wall Street. They wanted to make a name for itself. And so, oh, you know, here's the guy. Here's the we we need to attach ourselves to this this Trump character because he's got the image and he'll help us get the kind of wealthy depositors and investors that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. So that was their plan to establish themselves on Wall Street, this German bank. Yeah. And and uh, that's how uh, because they he had what they needed, they had what he needed, and that's how the two of them uh, or circa 1990 uh, became so close and they've had oh they've had it's been a tumultuous relationship they've had breakups and they've had then they got back together and they sued lawsuits and uh, but but the bottom line is they kept even after the fights and the breakups and the lawsuits they kept giving this guy 
tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> in loans or offering to or yeah. at least considering them until he got elected. And then they realized, oh, this guy is trouble. We're out of here. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, the other details in this buzz um, right. just add further madness and intrigue right. to the story. And one of the st- one of the aspects of this story is uh, this bank, even after it determined that Donald Trump was worth a lot less, like they knew uh, that he was lying about his oh, net worth. Yeah. But yeah. yet they still, in 2005, yes. they still gave him half a billion dollars for his project in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And and then, then Trump went on to default on that loan. And then yeah. they sued him yeah. to get the money back. And then he countersued them for predatory lending. And actually, I think he ended up getting money from them. I mean, it's just a, an amazing uh, bit. Of, uh, well, actually, I'm not sure if he got any money out of that lawsuit. I want to retract that. But the, um, the, it, it's, it's that crazy, even if the details are, yeah. are, are, are or are not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a, a crazy relationship. He, he had even sued them at one point. Uh, he refused to pay one loan. Uh, calling it an act of God, mm-hmm. uh, the, and and the act of God to which he referred was the Wall Street uh, crash of oh, 2007, man. 2008. Wow. Uh, and, you know, and he 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 tried to get loans even when Deutsche Bank executives knew he was a risk. He would fly them to Mar-a-Lago or or some such thing, uh, and and end up getting his his loan or whatever it was he needed from them at the time. Yeah, uh, he he had what they needed. They had what he needed, yep. and so even though it wasn't good for you know we all we all do things that aren't good for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's you true. Know? And and this was this was the vice at Deutsche Bank, and they mm-hmm. wanted to make a name for themselves. And they've always been known as risk takers, and yeah. it turns out there was nobody riskier than Trump. Well, the fascinating thing, too, is, and I mentioned two uh, reasons why these transactions went through. First of uh-huh. all, Donald Trump's corruption, lying about his net worth, which he did again, by the way, in 2010. He was trying to do the uh, Doral Golf Resort and Spa, and he wanted right. uh, $100 million dollars for it lied about his net worth and uh and of course deutsche bank called him out for lying about his net worth but yet gave him the loan anyway they gave him 48 million dollars um beside all of that the the other aspect the other reason why all these transactions went through was because of deutsche bank's incompetence i mean from what i understand right it's like one department not speaking to the other department and not communicating that they've already lent this guy a lot of money which which allowed yeah which allowed trump associates to go from one manager to another uh, without the left hand know, knowing what the other four hands were doing. It's just amazing. I mean, this guy is such a weasel and such a crook. I mean, this is all to illustrate the fact that he is presently driving the country into the ground with the same level of corruption that he engaged uh, yeah. with uh, the Trump Organization and the Trump Surprised? Foundation and the Trump uh, Trump University and all of these offshoots. The, it, he is just a great big fat liar. And it's not just about lying about SNL or something on Twitter. He is actually lying in, in a way in which he's committing fraud, where he is signing his name under penalty of perjury um, to documents that misstate his net worth and and you better believe that he continues to do the exact same thing you know he just uh i think it was this morning buzz he released a, a copy of a check that he allegedly wrote to the department of I homeland it, security yeah. i think it was like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars that he donated uh-huh. up from his salary that he like a tip yeah yeah, yeah. well uh, the thing is though uh, there's no evidence that he actually 
handed that check to anybody. He could have written a check right. and then taken a picture of it and then torn up the check. I mean, there's no proof that that check was actually and, cast. And that, by is, the that is that that is by the way exactly the kind of thing he would do. Yeah. Just, you know what we've come to know. Yeah. Well, you know, he's just it's it, again, it's more than just lying. It's more than just corruption. This is yeah. criminality that goes back decades that he's yeah. engaged in this I, kind of crap and he's doing it now. I, I, I find myself asking again, how could one person be all three of these things? Yeah. Ig- ignorant <laughs> and and evil right. and insane. Yeah. How can you be how can you have achieved that's a, quite an accomplishment. That's a that's a real trifecta for you. Ignorant, evil, and insane. That is right, the, right. that is entirely Donald Trump. If you were to outline Donald Trump's personality, those three things would be headers. And speaking of Donald Trump's personality, right. I want to talk about here in the uh, postmortem show coming up on our Patreon page, BobSuskaShow.com. I'll talk yeah. about George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband. Ha! You are psychic. <laughs> I have written here's here's the little joke tease I have written in front of me. <laughs> okay. Coming up this hour, who will break up first, Kellyanne Conway and her husband or Kellyanne Conway and Trump? America <laughs> America wants to know. All right. Well, that's it's always a good day when we're tracking like that. When I'm, yeah, when amazing. I'm, I'm reading your mind. Um, it's because we're holding hands right now. I think that also helps. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about George Conway and how he's exactly fucking right. I mean, he tweeted something to sure Bill Crystal the other day. On top of his... DSM-5 uh, analyses that he posted. He also posted a tweet in response to Bill Crystal that was um, exactly what I've been saying for the last few weeks, at least since CPAC, that something's horribly wrong with Biff. Oh, yeah. So, he's nuts. Yeah, he's absolutely nuts, and he's getting worse as time goes on. So we're going to talk about that coming up on the Postmortem Show. Also, uh, maybe a little bit about uh, uh, Trump and uh, how he, just, he continues to hate on John McCain like the coward he is. Uh, and then uh, a whole lot. Oh, my God. Janine Pirro. We're going to talk about uh, Saturday Night Live here for a second. Mm-hmm. And Donald yeah. Trump's need to investigate Saturday Night Live after he mistakenly watched a rerun, I guess, and thought it was live, which is weird because it was the Christmas episode. So what you're saying is if you're a <laughs> Patreon member, you get to hear this stuff. That's exactly what I'm saying, Buzz. And in fact, you have to go to bobseskashow.com. That is our Patreon page. Go there, bookmark it. Sign up for a dollar a month, five dollars a month. If you want to hear the postmortem show, you gotta sign up at five dollars a month. And and who can't afford five dollars a month? Really? Really now. Meanwhile, Buzz Burbank can be heard at buzzburbank.com, also realmnetwork.com, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever great podcasts, great newscasts are heard. Thank you. Go download it. It'll be every Thursday and uh, a little commentary by me in there every once in a while. All right, that's the show. We'll see you on the postmortem show coming up next. Thank you, Buzz. Bye bye.